We shouldn't expect people that don't know the Lord to believe like we do. But we should share our love with them and eternal life with them and our witness with them. And I would urge you this year to share your faith with people you care about in a caring way. Not a judgmental way or a condemning way, but a testimony is the best thing that you have to offer. What did God do for you? What has Jesus done for you? In John chapter 20, it says on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early when it was still dark unto the sepulcher and sees that she saw the stone taken away from the sepulcher and she ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciples whom Jesus loved and said unto them they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher and we know not where they have laid him but Peter went forth and the other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together. And the other disciple did outrun Peter. And he got there first to the sepulcher. He stooped down and looked in. He saw the linen clothes lying. Yet he went not in. Then came Simon Peter, following him, and he went unto the sepulcher and saw the linen clothes lying there and the napkin that was about, that was around his head. It was not lying with the linen clothes. It was wrapped together in a place by itself. They went in. Also that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away unto their own homes. But Mary stood outside the sepulcher weeping and as she wept and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white sitting one at the head and one at the foot where the body of Jesus had been laying. And they said to her, Woman, why do you weep? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. But when she had said this, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing there and knew not that it was him. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, or taken him away, tell me where you took him, where did you lay him, and I will go get him. Jesus said unto her, Mary. And she turned herself and said rabbi which means teacher master jesus said unto her don't touch me or do not touch me some translations say do not hold on to me 
For I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren. And I say to them, I will ascend to my Father, and who is your Father also, to God who is also your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had, been, that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. And then that same day in the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and he stood in the midst of them. He said, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side. Were, were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord? Then Jesus said to them, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And he said unto them, Receive the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And whosoever sins are retained, you retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. This was after eight days. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here your finger. Look at my hands. Reach hither my hand and thrust it into your hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believe. Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me and because you have believed, you have believed me because you have seen me. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet they believe. And many other signs did Jesus do in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus truly is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that believing you might have life through his name. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And a in this manner, or on this wise, did he show himself. There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas, Nathaniel of Cana, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon said unto them, I am going fishing. And they said, We also go with you. And they went forth and entered into the ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. 
But when the morning was, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any meat? And they said, No. He said to them, Cast your net on the other side, or the right side of the ship, and you will find. And they cast their nets, and now they were not able to lift the net, for it was so heavy with the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard this, it was the Lord. He got his fisher's coat onto him, or put it on, for he was naked and cast himself into the sea. The other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were, two hundred cubits dragged the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said unto them, Bring the fish which you caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net full of great fish, a hundred and fifty-three. For all there were so many yet there was no net broken. Jesus said unto them, Come and dine. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took bread and gave it to them and fish. And this is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was risen. So when they had eaten, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me more than these? And he said unto them, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, Then feed my lambs. He said unto him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love thou me? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, you know that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my sheep. And he said unto him on the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he asked him a third time. And he said, lovest thou me? And he said, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I love thee. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, you did what young men do, or girdeth thyself and lived in a manner that young men live. That's the translation. But when thou shalt be old, you should stretch forth your hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldst not. In other words, when you get elderly, you have to depend on others to help you live. This he spoke, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto them, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved, following him, which also leaned on his breast at the supper. This is John, by the way. He's talking about himself. He said, Lord, which is he that betrayed you? Peter, seeing him say this to Jesus, said, Lord, what shall we do to this man? 
Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is, it that, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then we, he went saying abroad. Then the saying went abroad, pardon me. It means all throughout the land they said these words, that the disciples should not die. Yet Jesus said unto him, he shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come. What is that to thee? In other words, I did not say that you will not die. But if I allowed you to live until I come back, what difference would that be to other people? I have the right to life and death is what that means. Then his disciples, which testified of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did. The which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose, that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Thank you for following along that much. Normally, I don't do that. But there are things that have been forgotten about the story of Jesus. We think about him dying and coming out of the grave on the third day. But the Bible says much, much more about the resurrection of Jesus that should give us a hope that nothing can take away. Jesus is saying, I have the power over life and death. I want you to know that it is a true belief that if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, the devil cannot kill you. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, only God decides when it's your time. We have suffered a great loss in our church this week with the death of Karen Wade. Karen and Matt sat back there on this, in this section in the near the back. They've been coming here for years. Karen had had health issues, but no one expected it to take her life. But I would present to you that Jesus himself took the life of Karen to heaven this week. And that it is not up to us to understand those matters. It's up to us to rejoice that we know where we're going when, he's, when he says it's our time. It could happen to us at a young age or an old age. He's saying the only way you make it to old age is if I carry you. That's basically what he said in verse 18. When you were young, you thought you could do it all yourself, and you felt like you were doing it all yourself. But when you get elderly, you begin to realize that you're living because the Lord allows it. And other things that we see about this story, they were asking for what could they do against Judas who had betrayed Jesus, and he said, that is mine that is mine to handle. That is my matter to handle. And this is somehow a great lesson for us. Rather than us trying to judge the world and condemn people to death, we should allow Jesus Christ to handle those matters. However, we should judge right and wrong. That is another false teaching of the day. That if you judge something as being right or something as being wrong, then you're judgmental. No, that is not what the Bible says at all, ever. See, Jesus taught, 
over and over and over and over that it is our job to judge what's right and wrong based on his word for our own life. It's, it is something we should be doing for our own life. Right and wrong, good and evil, the Lord allows us to know which is which if he lives in our heart. We should not expect the world to know the difference between good and evil because he's not living in their hearts. When the woman was caught in sin and they were going to stone her and hit her with rocks to kill her, Jesus said, do not judge her. Well, in that case, the word judge meant do not condemn her to death for her immorality. It didn't mean that she was right. It didn't mean anything like that. It meant do not condemn her to death for her immorality because we all have immorality in our life in some way or another. You see, if you took a loaf of bread to represent Randall Christie, it would be a big old hot roll, I promise you. Because only Jesus lived the sinless life. Not only did he say, I will provide, he said, cast your net on the right side. See, I think it's no mistake that he said the right side. If a Christian will cast their nets on the right side of life, they can live abundant life. So abundant they can't hardly pull in the nets. That may have to do with prosperity, but it also has to do with spiritual abundance. I think most of all, it has to do with answered prayers. How many would like to have 153 answered prayers? You hear me? Jesus teaching us how to live, if we listen. And all of this happened after he rose from the dead. We think about these miracles, we've heard about a lot of them, but sometimes we forget a lot of them happened after he rose from the dead. Also, do you notice throughout this whole story, they're saying things like, they don't totally recognize him. He didn't look the same. He did not look the same. He was resurrected to a heavenly body and he looked somewhat different. And you know what? I am praising God that I am not going to look like this when I get my resurrected body. I don't know what I'm going to look like, but I think God can do a better job the second time. The first time depended on me, and the second time depends on him, and he's the best. And so they knew who he was, but he looked a little different. He, wasn't, he didn't just come back to life. It was a brand new body, but he still had the scars. You know, he could have erased those scars. Have you ever thought about it? He could have erased those scars, but he didn't want to. He wanted his disciples to be able to see and touch them. And know for sure who he was. I'd say one of the greatest miracles of the resurrection is that those terrible, awful, deep, bloody wounds turned into healed scars in three days. And so when we get to heaven, we're going to have some left of who we were. We're going to know other people and they're going to know us. There's going to be something similar to who we are now. 
but we're going to be better. And then heaven will come to earth. Christ also appeared, it doesn't tell it in the book of John, but it does in the other Gospels, that he also appeared to a group of over 500 believers at one time. Hey guys, it's only recent history. It's only in recent history that people have widely disputed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because literally hundreds and hundreds of people saw him with their own eyes. If they had had a cell phone, it would have probably been on TikTok. But now we have a lot more advantages than they did then. You know, the Bible says that when the false Christ rises, it's called the Antichrist. Think about this. It says it in Revelation that when the false Christ rises at the very end and he dominates the world, it says that his image will be made to be seen by all the people. Have you thought about that? This is the only time in history that could have even been possible. Technology has made that possible. Going back a little further in this scripture, Jesus, back in verse 20, 22, and 23 of chapter 20, he breathed on them the Holy, the Holy Ghost. Now later it says, tarry in Jerusalem and you will receive the Holy Spirit of God, right? That sounds like a contradiction. It isn't a contradiction. You see, you can receive the Holy Ghost today. You can receive the Holy Spirit today by letting the Lord into your life and really mean it. And you know what? You can get it again and again and again throughout your life. I'm not talking about getting saved over and over. I'm talking about, it's like going to the gas station. How many wish our tank of gas would last forever? I mean, we're wishing that more than now, anytime now, right? That one tank of gas would last forever. The Holy Spirit was breathed on the disciples that day. And then at Pentecost, it was poured out on all flesh. To fulfill the prophecy of Joel. Amen? How many believe the Holy Spirit is God? How many believe Jesus is God? And how many believe Jesus is also the Son of God? And this is confusing to someone who doesn't know Jesus. And it's pretty confusing to those of us who do. You know why? Because we don't have to fully understand it to know that it's real. These people, these disciples, didn't fully understand what they were experiencing. But they knew it was Jesus. Mary Magdalene thought it was the gardener. How could it possibly be Jesus? I saw him die. Jesus looked a little bit different. But when Jesus Christ was hung on that cross, he was brutally killed and his blood poured out on the ground for you and me. Then he was taken down off that cross, and he was laid in a tomb, a tomb that was carved out of limestone. And when the ladies went, they saw an angel 
sitting at the foot of the, of the tomb, or the bed in the tomb, and a stone bed where they would lay the body. You know, they tell a story, if you go to Israel and take a tour, they tell a story that says, after someone died, then they would carve out an indention for their head to rest in and for their feet to rest in. But they didn't, couldn't do it till a person died because they wouldn't know how tall they were. And so the tomb that, is, that you tour when you go to Israel did not have a carving for the head or for the feet because he didn't stay there. The napkin we just read was folded off by itself. Jewish tradition says the master of the house folds his napkin when he leaves the table if he's coming back. The angel said in another gospel, why do you seek the living among the dead? Young people and adults alike, please don't seek your answers among this dead world. Please don't seek the purpose of your life from people who have not eternal life. You need to seek the life that Jesus has for you among those that are truly living. Eternal life is real. The angel said, Why do you stand there gazing into the heavens? Just as you have seen him go, in like manner he shall return. Do you believe it? Do you remember the day that you gave your life to Jesus Christ? And that he really did forgive you of your sins. And he came to live in your heart. And one of these days, just like he proved a human body can be transformed, he will transform yours. Our loved ones that have passed, some of them cremated, some of them died in fire, some at the bottom of the sea. Let me tell you, God knows exactly what to do. He knows exactly how to do it. And he will raise our loved ones in a brand new body made for heaven. This is why we celebrate Resurrection Day.